Good morning. My name is Nate. I'm the lead pastor here at Restoration Church. I'm glad that you're here. Um, we are, if you've never been to Restoration Church, we are one church and we have services in multiple places in New Hampshire. We're starting a series today called Begin Again. And let me share something from my life. Um, if you've been coming here, you know, we, sh we share out of our life, uh, you know, out of my life and M Michelle and I's life every week um, because we want you to know that we're we are, um, you know, we, we made a decision to follow Jesus, um, both as kids, and we're, we're not perfect, but we're trying to do that. I had the privilege of being 15 years old when I knew I would be a pastor one day. So I don't know, some of you are still trying to figure that out, and you're older than I am, but it was a great privilege that God did that for me, and shared that with me, and set that course for my life. And, uh, and I was excited about it. And I begin, as, I, as a 15-year-old, to begin to think and plan, and eventually the time came to, uh, I graduated high school, and I was going to go to Bible college, and I was training. And I just knew, um, I even knew at 15 years old that I'd be pastoring Restoration Church one day. It was just a privilege that God shared with me. But it wasn't an easy thing for me to just do that. Um, what had happened from that moment that God shared that call with me until, um, and even probably has continued to happen a little bit, but especially during those early years before I was a pastor, um, the pastors that I looked up to most in my life, um, they just begin to, um, some left church, some left ministry, some left following the Lord. And over the next couple of years, there's a number of people that I looked up to who um, stepped out of ministry because of drugs, because of infidelity, because of divorce. And, uh, and I began to question, how in the world am I going to follow the Lord if my heroes can't seem to follow the Lord? How am I going to follow him for the rest of my life if the people I'm looking up to and the people who are introducing me to Jesus aren't able to follow him? And uh, even my father, my dad, who, um, who was a pastor when I was a little, little kid, and was the one who, um, who helped me to, you know, brought me to church every week. By the time I was 18 years old, and that fall semester where I was entering Bible college, he wasn't even serving the Lord during that time. Um, that, the few months before that, he just kind of, his, his life blew up, and he, and he just seemed to walk away from everything he had ever taught me. The next couple of years when I was in Bible college, I was really kind of going through the motions. I was just getting grades and doing my class, and I knew I'd be a pastor, but I had no idea how I could ever be a pastor. How can I do it? All these people I look up to just seems like, it, it just seems impossible. I mean, they're my heroes. If they can't do it, how could I? And, and I began to question, and I began to wrestle with this. Should I even start? Why start to one day fail? Why set out on this journey when it, it just seemed in that time in my life, I've got no one to look up to, no one to follow. How, you know, maybe I should stop. And I begin to really live with a failure mentality. And I begin to, in a lot of ways, try to fail on purpose, beginning to think, let's just get this out of the way. If I'm going to screw up, if I'm going to ruin my life, I might as well do it now. And thankfully, God was gracious to me, 
He was kind to me as he always is and used another student. That student was probably about 65 years old to come one morning in between class and to just speak into my life and to encourage me not to give up going after what God called me to do. That's my story. And trying to make a decision to begin something that, um, that my dad hadn't been able to do, to begin something that my heroes hadn't been able to do, and to set out to do what God called me to do. Now, maybe God didn't call you to be a pastor, but maybe he did. But you experienced something similar to, th- similar to that in your own life. Did you feel like there's something that God has for you? something you should go after, maybe a dream that he's put in your heart, but, there's, but there, it just seems impossible to you that you could ever have that, receive that, live that, enjoy that, because maybe no one in your family has ever done it before. Maybe you tried it before and failed, and you just know, I can't do it. It could be all kinds of things in our life that this shows up. If you... Um, if your parents got divorced and your grandparents got divorced and your siblings got divorced, you think, I'm never going to get married. Marriage doesn't work. Why am I going to get married and then have to go through all the things that my family did? You think, I'm not going to be- even begin this. Maybe you went through a hard divorce and you just said, never again. No more relationships, no more marriages. I'm, that's it. I'm not going to begin again. It could be something with something going on in your health and you just, you know, everyone in my family, they died at 22 years old from whatever. And you just think that's my lot. Like we, my family, we all have addiction. We all have poverty. We all have problems. And that's me. And I'm not going to try to break out of that because anyone who's tried, they always end up back at the same place. Listen, in this series, As we go through God's word these next few weeks, what I want to have happen in your life is you begin to say, wait a minute, God, is this something you're speaking to me? God, is this something you want to do in my life? God, is this something you have for me? And not to give up on those things. Not to to just say, this is it. There's nothing better for me. I don't deserve anything better. Nothing will ever change. But to begin to say, wait a minute, God, If you have it for me, I want to receive it. God, if you can do it, I want to believe for it. God, if things can change, I need you to change them. That's what we're going to be talking about in this series. You could be, you could have all kinds of things going on. And I want to tell you right now, just begin to say, I'm not going to make that excuse. I often, because I'm a pastor, you know, um, I have to, I'm helping people through things. And one of the one area that's pretty common is if a couple, a married couple is having a problem in their marriage and I and, and will always want to recommend them to get counseling, one thing I, I hear too many times is we tried counseling, it didn't work. Listen, even in counseling, it might be something you need to begin again. Say, I'm not going to just sit here living with these problems, I'm going to pursue what God has. I'm going to pursue his word, and um, I'm going to see something change. The, 
In this series, we're going to be just in the, uh, the book of the Bible called Joshua, and we're going to be looking at the story of Joshua leading the Israelites in this historical account of what God promised them and what it took to finally go after that promise. And uh, if you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there, whether you have a paper, um, a physical copy of the Bible, or you've got a digital copy of the Bible, you can go ahead and turn there. And... Uh, and if you've never read the book of Joshua, I'd encourage you to, to begin reading it today, uh, not while I'm preaching, unless it's the part I'm reading as well, but begin to read it. And um, that way, as we're in this series this month, you're, um, you're uh, allowing it to speak to you multiple times, not just during our time together. Now, let me give you a little bit of the background of this book and why we're talking about it and how this um, could potentially relate to you. The book of Joshua is a historical account that's recording the people of God, uh, the, the nation of Israel, is recording their journey as they enter the promised land that God promised to give to them. And that seems great, and, and we're excited to read about it, and there's all, there, there are some famous accounts that are in the book of Joshua that you've, if you've gone to church before, that you've probably heard. But if you begin to think of some of the things that happened before Joshua, you begin to see that this is a big deal that they were even going after this. Forty years prior to what we're reading, um, God had done a miracle and he used a man named Moses to help free the Israelites from slavery. They were owned and operated by the Egyptians, and there were, uh, there were over a million of them that the Egyptians were using and, and had enslaved to build their nation and their empire. And God used Moses to deliver them out of that. And when he brought them out and he, he made them this promise, I'm going to bring you to a new land is going to be your own land, and, it, and that's why they kind of nicknamed it the promised land. And the one thing that we see, uh, that I want you to have some background in as before we continue reading and talking, is that they, Moses never saw it. That entire generation of Israelites never saw it. They were promised something. God told them, I'm going to give it to you, but they never entered into it. They never received it. They spent 40 years just kind of wandering, not even in a big area. They were not even very far from the land that God had promised them, but just wandering. God said, listen, you're never going to enter into it. And there was a few reasons why. Just a kind of a quick background here. Um, they didn't receive it. One of the reasons was because they had fear in their life. When they sent people out into the promised land to, um, to see what it was like and scope it out. They came back, and man, they had provisions, and they had, um, uh, they talk about there being like a bunch of grapes that they had to carry on a pole, two soldiers that were carrying on a pole because they were so enormous, and it was just miracles. And they talked about the beauty, and they talked about the food, and they talked about the streams, and they talked about, they were just blown away at how amazing it was. And uh, so they could see God's promise, and they're like, man, it is as he said, it is amazing. 
So then when they're like, man, let's go get it, then all of a sudden it was like, well, wait a minute. There's giants over there. You think we're big, you know, we're big, we're tough soldiers, but you haven't seen the guys over there. And fear spread through the nation, and they said, no, let's not go. Let's stay here. Let's not go get and receive what God has promised us because it's too scary. How are we going to defeat that? How are we going to overcome that? And they quit. Fear works in our life, of course, because we see something that God's promised for us, and then all of a sudden, very quickly, we begin to go through all these what-if scenarios, and we think, I can't do that. I can't go there. Um, I, don't, I just don't have it in me to try to do that or to try to overcome that. Now, another reason why they never received the promised land is because of their unbelief. And the author of Hebrews talks about this in Hebrews chapter 3, but he said they were never able to enter God's rest. They were never able to enter his promised land because they just didn't believe. God had, they, I mean, they had seen miracles, they had seen God do amazing things, and God had promised it. God had told them they would overcome the giants, they would overcome any obstacle, and they just, just begin to look at all the physical circumstances and just like, nah, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I just don't get how that could ever happen. I don't, I just don't see it. And so God said, well, if you can't have faith to see things that are unseen, then I'll, then I'll give you what you have faith for. And then the last big reason why they weren't allowed to uh, go into the promised land was because of disobedience. And in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 33, it talks about this. Moses himself, who was the leader um, it says, when God's addressing Moses, he said, you were disobedient to me. You struck a rock with your staff, and I called you to speak to it. And so you're, you're, you're not going to enter it yourself either. And only two people from that entire generation uh, actually entered the promised land. And that was Joshua, who was now going to be the new leader. And there was another guy named Caleb, and, uh, who was not fearful who fully believed what God said and then was obedient to do whatever God told him to do. And he, at the age of 80, was able, uh, only of two guys in that entire generation who were able to enter it in. What's going to be the difference between you and anybody else in this church? What's going to be the difference between you and anybody else in your family? What's going to be the difference between you and anybody else in this world? I mean, are you just going to do what God's called you to do? Are you going to... Are you going to do it? Are you going to say, I'm not quitting. I'm not backing down. I'm, I'm going to go after everything that God has for me. And these same things, fear, unbelief, disobedience, these are the same things that keep us from moving forward into everything that God has for us. So now, the passage of Scripture that we're about to read in Joshua 1, chapter 1. Here we are, 40 years later, and God is saying, hey, it's, remember this promise I have, the promised land? It's time to go after it again. And Joshua could have said, oh, we tried that once. The people don't want to go for it. Oh, Caleb could have said, I remember how bad that went. Bunch of cowards, everybody else is. You know, people don't change. Things aren't going to change. I'm not going to get my hopes up that we're going to finally go for it because everybody's just going to be too chicken and I'm going to be stuck here in the wilderness again. 
They could have made excuses. They could have quit. But the one thing that we know from Joshua is he, he was different. And, um, and he, he lived his life different. And, and when God spoke to begin again, he did it. He went after it. He didn't make excuses. I want you to, uh, we're going to read Joshua chapter 1, verse number 1. You can keep your Bibles there because we'll be looking at a few different verses in this portion of Scripture as we go through our message. So let's start reading Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. It says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. Joshua there's accounts in the Bible where people argued God and said, hey, I'm not qualified. Even Moses said, hey, God, I can't speak. You're asking me to go talk to Pharaoh. I've got a stuttering problem. I'm not your spokesman. But Joshua never did that. He never argued. He never, you know, he just, I, I'm going for it. He, you know, he never said, we can't do it. We've tried this before. He, he, never, he never said, and this was what I said, if my parents and my grandparents couldn't do it, how could I? And remember, Joshua, he's pretty young at this time. He's probably about 40 years old. So he was a young guy during, during the entire process. of uh, and, and his parents and his grandparents had witnessed miracles that they make movies about. He'd, they'd witnessed miracles that showed them the power of God. And still, despite all of that, they weren't able to go after and receive what God had for them. Joshua didn't care about any of that didn't care about that. The question that he had to answer, which was very simple for him, but it can be difficult for us, but the question we need to answer is, why begin again? And it may be something you've never tried to do, but someone in your family's tried to do before. It may be something as a church that, that, um, that, that our, you know, our, a generation before us tried to do before. And we weren't able to do it, but now we're going to try to do it. We got all kinds of things. Well, the question is, why go after those things? Why go after the things that God has for you, the things he's promised you? Why begin the process of receiving those things? Here's kind of the big, the big thing that I, that I want you to get in your heart, and, and that I want God to... Um, to just kind of quicken your spirit through the Holy Spirit. Failure is not your future. We so believe that. And as a, as a 20-year-old, I was believing that about myself. You know, I'm going to be a pastor. I'll just fail one day like, like my heroes. Listen, that is not your future. My marriage is just going to fail like everybody else in my family's. No, that is, failure is not your future. I'm, you know, I'm just going to be broke the rest of my life. Listen, failure is not your future. I'm just going to have all these health problems. Listen, failure is not your future. I'm just never going to have a, a close relationship with Jesus like other people do. Listen, failure is not your future. Stop just accepting that. 
That is not what God has for you. That is not what he's promised you. You begin to kind of wrestle with that, like, that sounds great, that sounds nice, but how can I be sure about that? And this is where I want to, let's go and go through, walk through those scriptures, look at Joshua, look at the Israelites, and begin to allow Jesus to change our hearts right now. The first thing that we see in the scripture, how do we know that failure is not our future? You have a promise. You have a promise. I have a promise. You have a promise. And uh, Joshua and the Israelites had a promise, and we read it in verse number three. This is God speaking. He said, I promise you, Joshua, what I promised to Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. This is a promise for him. So they didn't know how they would defeat these nations. They didn't know how they would get the people on board. They didn't know, you know all the, the particulars. They certainly didn't know how long it would take to finally, I mean, it almost took them 20 years to uh, fully receive this promise. But they had this promise. And in the hard days, they remembered the promise. And you know, when Achan sinned and they lost a big battle and there was a lot of casualties uh, and they could have given up and said, see, we've gone it's as far as we can go. They had a promise. You have a promise and what you have to do is you have to find that promise. It can't come from me. If I can tell you today, listen, I promise you failure is not your future. You can't stand on that. You have to find that promise for you. And the first place we look to to find a promise from God is within Scripture. Taking your Bible, reading your Bible, and allowing God to speak to you through his word. There are promises for every believer, for every person who's following him that are in the Bible and at different times in our life, he kind of illuminates one of those promises to us and say, hey, remember this about you. One of those promises in my life as a, as a, as a, you know, as a 20-year-old, as a 21-year-old, I've never heard it before, but it's in Psalm 119. And here I'm worried about failing and walking away from God. And uh, I was at a youth group night, and I wasn't a youth group, but I was a leader. And uh, the pastor preached a message, Psalm 119, how can a young man keep his way pure? by living according to your word. And for me, it just changed my life. Oh, I don't have to be good enough. I don't have to be disciplined enough or have enough safeguards and boundaries. And if I just live according to your word, God, that's how I'll live the race. If I just, if I just live according to your word, God, that's how, um, that's how I'll, I'll stay married. That's, if I just live according to your word, God, that's how I'll be able to live the call you have on my life. And that was a promise from Scripture. It's a promise. God said, you live according to my word. You'll live pure. Now, I needed that so much. There are things in your life that as you read the Bible that God will just share with you. It's a promise for you. A promise for me as a pastor that I pray often nowadays is a promise from Scripture. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That is a promise from Scripture. The church never loses. And we, there's difficult seasons. There's times people come in, they cause all kinds of problems. There's times of, of difficulty. There's times where it seems like ministries and prayers are ineffective, but we stand on that. God, if, we are, if we're doing what you've called us to do, 
and we haven't gone off, veered off of that, this is a promise we stand on. You're going to build your church. You're going to really, and that's the people of the church. You're going to change lives. You're going to convict of sin. You're going to deliver people. You're going to build your church. You have a promise. You need to find that promise in scripture. You need to stand on that word that is given you. We, we stand on those words for a long time. Years, decades, reminding ourselves, reminding God, reminding our enemy, no, this is the promise that God's given me. This is the promise you have. Now, how can you be sure that failure is not your future? You have a promise, but also, you don't just have a promise, you have a plan. God doesn't tell you, hey, one day you're going to have a, you, you know, you're going to receive the promised land. Hey, one day you'll have a happy marriage. Hey, one day there'll be a healing. Hey, one day you'll be a man or woman of God. He says, listen, and here's how you do it. And for Joshua in, um, in the previous verses, he began to lay out, all right, here's where you're going to travel from this river to this river, river, from this land to this land. Like I've set this before you and this is, this is the plan and the course of action for you. In verse number seven, we continue to read and he says to Joshua, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Moses had given Joshua instructions, which we now know are scripture. And um, the, the same instruction, you begin to think, how can I be a godly man? How can I be a godly woman? How can I follow Jesus for the rest of my life? It's, it's, not, um, it, it's not something to be afraid of. It's not something that's impossible. It's not something that's very complicated. I thought it was complicated. I thought it was impossible. Not any of those things. How does a young man keep his way pure? Living according to your word. And as you read the Bible, God transforms you through the reading of the Bible. As you study, as you read the Bible, God begins to show you and reveal things in your life. And it's not, it's not a hard thing to talk to Jesus. And it's not a hard thing to confess sin. It's not a hard thing to um, even to read your Bible. And we can think that it is complicated. Um, we can think it's like reading Shakespeare. I just don't get it. I, I don't understand it. Um, you know, it doesn't enthrall me like a Harry Potter book, you, you know. And, and so we just think, like, there's nothing for me there. Uh, maybe there's another way. But... You can have a promise, and you won't know how to live out that promise without the plan that he's given us. We don't want to minimize the Bible to some instruction manual because it, the Bible, when, it, when God describes his word, he says it's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. So it's not like any other book we, we read. It's a, it's a supernatural book that God uses in a supernatural way in our life. Um. I don't know how, you know, in your life, when you begin to think, I don't know how to manage my money. I don't know how to be healthy. I don't know how to follow Jesus. Listen, I don't know how to be, you know, at times when I was younger, I, I'm, and I'm saying, I don't know how to be a godly husband. I don't know how to be a godly man. I don't know how to, how to be a godly pastor. 
But here's kind of the great freedom in this. My creator does. He does. He knows all of those questions you have. He knows how you can live for him and serve him and follow him. He's not overwhelmed by it at all. And he's not keeping it as a mystery from you. It's all right there in his word. And then as we follow him and give our life to him, it's all right here within us. Because he hasn't just given us a book that collects dust, but he's also given us a Holy Spirit who is, who is working alongside his word, speaking to us constantly at the times when we don't have his word in us. It's kind of a, another scripture, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's how that happens through reading the word and studying the word. It is within you. And then the Holy Spirit draws it out of you to remind you, hey, don't believe that lie. Hey, don't, don't go that direction. Because this is the promise I have for you. The same, and the same thing, all right? How do, you, how do I know your future is not a failure? Well, you have a promise. You have a plan. Within that, uh, verse number eight, same, same idea, all right? Still talking about his word. He says to Joshua, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then... Will you prosper and succeed in all you do? We're saying, all right, we're going to begin again. We're going to go after, after what God has for us. We want to be successful in that. We want to receive what he has for us, do what he's called us to do. It will not happen without just living out that plan. We are so quick to convince ourselves that there's parts of his word and part, different ways that he's calling us to live that we don't have to live that way. Uh, but I would just encourage you, don't deviate to the left or to the right. If you will obey everything written in it, everything that he's calling you to obey, uh, you'll, you'll succeed in what he's calling you to be, how he's calling you to live, what he's calling you to do. Here's the challenge for you. This is a, this is a big challenge for you. I got one, another point after this, but this is something I want everybody, a challenge I want everybody to take up. Because how do you begin again? How do you know that promise, receive that promise? How do you know that plan? How do you follow that plan? It's his word, and he, and he talked about it to Joshua, he's talking about it to us, and here's a challenge for you. Uh, read his word. Some of you read his word again. You tried reading the Bible once before, you didn't get it, you put it down, you never picked it up again. You used to read the Bible and love reading the Bible and something happened, you got busy and you, you can't even remember reading it ever again. Some of you have never read the Bible before because you just assumed um, you, could, you wouldn't be able to get it. Listen, if you have a Bible that's written in, 1600 Engl in English from the 1600s, uh, we'd love to give you a Bible um, to help you to begin to read it in, uh, in a modern English begin to read it again. And you begin to say, well, I always forget, so, well, I don't understand it. Listen, don't make excuses. Begin again. Just pick it up. Just begin to read today. Just read the rest of chapter one that we didn't read. Tomorrow, read chapter two. And you may not understand it all. Tomorrow, read chapter one again if you want to. Next Friday, read chapter one again. Read it every day till you get it. Like, don't, don't say, I'll just give up. I don't understand it. 
read a couple of verses. Don't give up on that. That's what I want for you. Say, what am I going to do today? Read the Bible again. Or you can even listen to it. The Bible app on your phone, um, you, can, you can play it on your, you can listen to it while you're getting ready, while you're driving in the car. Say, you know what? I'm doing that again. I'm not giving up on that. Here's the last thing. How do I know that failure is not your future? You have a promise, you have a plan, but then this is key, you have God. God speaking to Joshua said this in verse number nine, this is my command, be strong and courageous. This is the third time he said this to Joshua. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And there's some things before you that are gonna be challenging because receiving his promise is not easy. Living the call he has for your life is not easy. It's not always just all of a sudden everything in your life becomes perfect. You have to stand on a promise and say, no, I'm not giving up on this. And the thing that God promises is, hey, I'm not setting you out there on your own. I will be with you every step that you take. I will be with you every battle that you face. I will be with you through every problem. I will be with you in every success. I will be with you when we see this thing come to completion. And the great thing about following Jesus and knowing God is, it's not, it doesn't just end in this life, but we know that when this life ends, he will be with us to receive us um, in paradise, in heaven. It's a great, how do I know your future's not failure because God's promised you. God has a plan for you. God is with you. Failure is not your future. Doesn't matter how long ago it happened for Joshua and the Israelites. It was 40 years of failure and unbelief and fear and 40 years of not experiencing God. Listen, it doesn't matter how long you've been running from him or running from his call or living your own life. It doesn't have to be your future. It doesn't matter who else couldn't do it. The generation before Joshua, his heroes, they saw miracles like we couldn't even believe. And, they, and we could be thinking, they couldn't do it, I couldn't do it. It doesn't matter who your pastor was. It doesn't matter who your parents were. It doesn't matter who your siblings were or what your heritage is. It doesn't matter that they couldn't do it. If you will follow God, you'll receive what he has for you. It doesn't matter how big you failed before. For over 3,500 years, we've been talking about Moses and the Israelites and how they didn't enter the promised land. Every culture in the world is talking about Moses and the Israelites and how really they failed. They just, because of their fear, their unbelief, their disobedience, they never, had, they never walked into what God had for them. Doesn't matter how big your failure is. Doesn't matter how famous your failure is. That's not your future. If you follow Jesus, if you follow his word, you'll receive his promise. You'll receive his future. Begin again. Will you close your eyes and allow me to pray for you? 
Jesus, there are some in here and I'm really wrestling with the idea that you would receive them back to you. And there's something in them saying, you know what, I want to follow Jesus again. And they're going through and wrestling with all those emotions. We just pray against those negative thoughts and those lies in Jesus' name. We pray for you to overwhelm them with your love and your compassion and your forgiveness. I pray that they confess their sin to you. I pray that they give their heart to you and their life to you. And they begin again following you. God, there are some here who've never known you, but, but in, their, in their mind, they remember hearing stories about a family member who used to follow you. And I just pray right now, they just make the decision for themselves to give their heart to you, to give their life to you, and to follow you. God, those of us who've made the decision to follow you, we could be wrestling with all kinds of different things. Someone could be wrestling with me. You've got a call in their life, and they don't think they can do it. They don't know how it could ever happen. Some are, are thinking, well, do I forgive again? Do I try to um, work on this marriage again? Do I try to change my finances again? Do I try to change my health again? Do I try to invite my neighbor again? Do I try to live out God's call in my life again? And all kinds of different things that we're questioning all kinds of things that we've laid down and we're wondering right now if we should begin to start them again. I just pray you would remind them of your promise. You'd say, hey, just as I promised you 20 years ago, that promise is still true. If you follow me, I'll lead you. And I just pray, God, we would just give up our excuses. We'd give up failure. And with strength and courage, we'd follow you. We pray this in Jesus' name.